Hello, I am Tracy Hitchings. My guest today is James Finney, whose podcast show is Father Finney, The Best That Man Can Get, Part Two. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and a very good night to you wherever you are across the globe. I am transmitting from the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. You have tuned into Tracy's Frog World. Now, it's coffee time for me out there, folks, So, um, and which is really welcome. It's perfectly gum. Well, actually, it's tea now. I've changed my mind. But anyway, I actually realised that uh, last week that we had a last day of summer here on the Gold Coast. Um, last Sunday gone, that is. It's still melting outside here at the front door at the moment. Um, we know it's a bit like that out here. It's Australia, isn't it? Uh, the the aircon's actually been going like a combined harvester. But soon it will be cool enough for me to wear shorts and T-shirt. Not that I'm actually sat here in anything too scantily clad, but I'm definitely hot stuff. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just thought I'd cheer up with that, guys. <laughs> But, you know, it's like that out here. You can have the aircon going and it's still blooming hot. <laughs> so anyway, I'm very pleased. I know you can hear him just in the background there. I'm very pleased to have back with me again, uh, James. Um, I'm, I'm sure he carries spring in the air, having zoomed back in from the UK. Uh, the lovable, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The lovable and self-loathing optimist returns with his rhetoric of positivity and the human condition. So, James, welcome back. Wow, that, that's quite a title you've just given there. That's, um, <laughs> Can you live up to it? <laughs> I don't know about that one. We'll give it a go. It's better than supermarket cashier. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, you know, of course, we're going to talk about it, but you brought that to our attention when we all met you online. I think that's exactly mm. who you were and what you were doing, but it was all such a surprise back then. And uh, <sighs> so and it's equally um, wonderful to have you here again. And uh, yeah, we, we've got so much to share and we're progressing in the world. And you are a very progressive chap, actually, James. So you have the ability to turn a dreary situation into a den of hilarity. <laughs> and as I discovered while doing a course with you online almost a year ago now so yeah, yeah. and as you know I'm sure you'll agree with that that's uh, it was a fantastic way to meet now Brian Rose one of the mm. world's leading broadcasters and yes. trainers who's um, bringing consciousness and positive change to the world that the man who's running for London mayor mm. What was important to you about training with Brian Rose? What did you get from it? It was the moment he was censored. Um, I was, he was, I think it was the David Icke 3 episode or something like that had been censored. And there was a whole load of kickback against him. And I thought, and, and he was advertising this course he was doing. I thought, yeah, I'm going to, by doing the course, I believe I'll be helping sponsor and aid his cause so it was a, a double thing because i'd loved watching his interviews and, and episodes <clears throat> so and i discovered so many people as a result of his interviews and episodes so that was a good thing to do that i don't know why i had the link the inclination to do podcast at that point but just the fact that he was advertising this as a thing to do and to support him i thought well this I believe is a way to support him and the mission that he has, which is to overcome the censorship and the lunacy that seems to be afflicting yeah. much of the planet. Yes, very much so. And go and still going on, of course. And mm. um, so what did you get from it for yourself? Hmm. Um, the friendships I gained were probably the biggest. Um, a re a 
not a rejuvenated purpose, but more of a a way to fulfill that purpose, a, a way out to live that purpose. Because, you know, you could think of, oh, I want to be an actor or I want to be a musician or I want to be that. They all require skills, training and time, things which I don't have at my disposal. So the podcasting and talking to people and extracting something useful from them is something I can probably do. I've always been inquisitive. Yeah. I've been nosy. Yeah. Um very questioning so I suppose that's helpful if you want to ask questions yeah so yeah in some ways it was quite natural towards it I've always had an inclination I wanted to overall I've always wanted to like host something like a game show but not the humdrum bland game show that seems to be saturated everywhere but something different that could push boundaries um so yeah that, that was the thing but yeah doing the podcasting and doing that course was something that I wanted to do but what I got from it mainly was yes the friendships and connections from doing it and as a yeah a way out or a possible way to pursue and fulfill my life's purpose maybe so therefore by training with Brian and now having your own podcast show called Father Finley of course we've touched on this last week but for anybody new here that hasn't heard you know what this is about this is about Father Finney and Father Finney's podcast so your um, that's where we met James and um, mm. this is why um, everybody wanted you on their show because you really brought something very different you really brought honesty and truth as we all were but this really sort of shone out your sort of uh, your rhetoric on yourself and um your failures and failings and all this stuff came out and it was absolutely brilliant. So what are you now wanting people to get from Father Finney? Why are they coming on Father Finney? What are you wanting them to get? And what do you want other people to get who are listening? I want them to get useful data that can be applied immediately and put to use and proven. I don't wish to spout off glib stuff and be fake about it. It is, I am not giving forth the solutions or options. I'm giving to the listener a person who has done that thing and had success with it, and I want them to share it. And I want them to share it in a way that communicates to the listener as opposed to just talking and spouting facts and data that, that aren't real to a person. Or some people who succeed in life, they stick to their own particular terms and specialist words that aren't real to the listener. So it's a waste of time. So I would rather my listener gain something from it. If they could just take one sentence or one point of view out of every episode, I would expect at some point there'd be a turnaround in their life. Now, when I say turnaround, I don't mean that everyone's made the wrong turn. But my assumption is my listeners have got involved because most of us have made a wrong turn in some degree or other. And I believe that I don't want people to end up where I ended up, where you believe there's no option or no way out. You're stuck and that's it. You're screwed until death. I want to incentivize people to be the best that they can be. Yes. And are you finding that's happening for you within yourself? Are you becoming a better version of you? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know whether I could be an honest judge of that because I've got too, too emotional connection to it. Maybe it's better for someone else to judge. Um, my lifestyle has that changed subtly, but not enough. Um, so it's in transition. Yeah, uh, it's a bit like if you imagine the world's biggest oil tanker and it's heading towards a lovely little Cornish town <laughs> and it's about several hundred feet from the shore. 
its engines are off, it's idling, but it has the potential to destroy that town and ground and ruin itself. But it's got a tiny, tiny little rudder. And that tiny, tiny little rudder is having a butterfly effect on its direction. And it's gradually, gradually shifting out. So providing there's no major storms or other sort of cataclysmic events upon the planet, that oil tanker should drift out back to an open sea and maybe set a compass to a more worthy destination as opposed to just destroying whatever it hits. That would be me. So are you saying you're a bit of a drifter, James? I would say I am stricken by engine failure and in some degree <laughs> I am I am at the want of the gods of fate. No, I don't believe in fate. What I mean is that, that all emergencies have happened and now I'm just a stricken floating vessel that has maybe a couple of crew on board prizing the last possible life out of it you know james i just want to gather you up cover you bring you bring you home here in australia and you know perfectly well that you are absolutely brilliant brilliant human being you just need a big fat cuddle and actually <laughs> that's all you need that's all you need honestly a big fat cuddle right. and uh you know sort everything out <laughs> don't stop being you but do remember right. do remember don't stop being you but just take out the word, word failure that I keep using, obviously, because yeah. there is no such thing. That, it's a state of mind, really. And um, that's the thing that we're kind of, I don't like to use the word fighting, but that's what we're overcoming. Yes. That's just something that we've had stuffed into us from the past. And I, I had this conversation the other week, like I was saying before, um, three weeks ago with um, uh, uh, Matt. Not the time love map, the other map. Anyway, I was going to say, uh, you did say Matt Smith. I was thinking, really? Yeah, yeah, Matt yeah. <laughs> no, no, not this is it. I am not a time lord. I am Tematera. <laughs> Tematera. Yeah. That's another, you have to go and listen to that show. It's really great. A couple of great yeah. shows there. Um, he's another sound engineer, got uh, Red Room Studios and uh, AAA Records, and he has great people on his uh, label. But anyway, coming back to this, you know, yeah. you. Just to get it out there, I think people are so drawn to you because they could see your your they could see your faux pas, they could see right through it, <laughs> yeah, and so right. can you. But yet, it's all about the feeling and getting that feeling there of joy, isn't it? And living that joy and that joy staying within us, that can sometimes, given past scarrings, which I've you know again we've all got it, I suppose, it can sometimes be horrible to reach that place and feeling and sustain that feeling. Uh, is it somewhere along that path I've got you a bit or have I, am I completely way off? It's a bit like the argument where someone says to you, oh, do you, do you remember blah? And I'm like, no, I don't. And they'll say, well, you must remember. And then I point out, well, I wasn't there to experience it, so I can't remember it. Now, on the subject you're saying about joy or to feel a, a good buzz about something, I don't have that many events of joy to recall or touch upon. So... When someone says, you know, have you lost your joy? It's like, well, I haven't really gained it. It's a bit like saying, you know, what do you miss not having a brother? Well, I've never had one, so I can't miss. It's not a reality to me. It's not, I don't, my world or universe is not a Disney universe where everyone's skipping along happy and joyous and, oh, there's a daisy. Mm. I'm really happy about that. <laughs> that yeah. doesn't, it doesn't float my boat. And, um, yeah, I, I don't want it to sound maudlin, but I don't have that much joy within my life. So when I meet people, it's an exciting thing because I get something from it. Um, and music has that sort of a lift to it. So does does music give you joy though? If you're are you in that joyful moment when you're hearing something you absolutely love? 
yeah I, I think like why couldn't i create it? that that that's just epic i i appreciate what they've done that that's my my joy i suppose yeah in regards to social interaction that's something i would say is a, a lacking quality or quantity but music yeah there's always a great thing you can put that on it does have an effect on me so that's a good thing uh, but then you've got to have the times when you're meant when you're so so low you don't even want to put a record on yeah yeah then those are the times that are the, the challenging times but uh i have to try and keep busy or schedule things in so i have to sort of knock that off as it were do you think that's a cycle that we can be pressing a button to and just kind of on this cycle that we can be good mm. one minute and then back and we're riding this cycle and we've just not found out how to quite get off the cycle of ups and downs yes uh i would normally attribute that to the times that i've had the real lows are either when i've failed to live to my purpose or carry something out correctly or successfully or it's when i see others uh squashed like in the last year the thing that's my business hasn't really been impacted by the shenanigans of the last year but my productivity has because when i see or experience what's happening to others which i consider to be utterly unjust it caves me in i have nothing but resentment resentment and hatred for those that commit it, which is contrary to all the hippie-ass woo type stuff I read and listen to every day to try and turn it around because I feel like I don't want to feel gratitude today. I hate that. So why would I feel grateful towards that? Um, so it's what happens to others that really does uh, hit a chord in me. And that gets me down because I, I, I feel like I can't come back for them. I can't defend them. I can't assist them. Do you think if you... Or does it sit comfortable with you? If you put something like gratitude as an absolutely every day must be, even if you don't feel like it, then in other words, whoopsie daisies, in other words, you're building a habit of it. So then you would just eventually become to accept it and then it would be in your life. Mm. Because is there anything in that that pulls your strings at all or is it just not that for you? Um, I was even advised that today. Somebody told me today that I should do 10, 20 minutes when I first wake up doing or manifesting gratitude for, for things. But it's still... It's shit, oh. <laughs> <laughs> When you don't actually feel like something and you really, you know, you don't feel like something, that is the crux. Yeah. I feel quite joyful now in the fact that I can do this, you see, and connect with people mm. like you and learn things all the time. Always yeah. there's something to learn. So, do you find sorry. Uh, meeting other people as a pickup? Yeah. Because I, I find it as a... Um, if you get into an interaction with other people, immediately my attention is taken off whatever's going on in the back of my mind. Um, and I, I find like people who circulate memes that, that they bother me when they say, oh, you should you should talk to people. You should. It's like that, that's not how it works. I feel if you're if you phone up a friend and go, oh, yeah, I, I feel like blowing my brains out right now. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't yeah. come across as a sincere or true or workable thing. And they're not going to have an answer. They're just going to be like, oh, uh, 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 think of something good. Uh, it's <laughs> You need to just, to be honest, not to take away the validation of the problem and validate mm -hmm. something else uh, and find something else good to talk about. So, um, but I mean, again, don't change who you are because what you do is bring all this colour and light and brightness and it actually gets people to see the opposite as well. It's, you know, you see the mm. polar differences. I think that's brilliant. But, uh, yeah, so it's, it's kind of, we do meet our faux pas here, don't we, as well? Don't, don't change, yeah. change yourself, but don't do that. Don't do that, but don't yeah. change yourself. 
<laughs> Where is exactly, this going? Yeah, <laughs> yeah when, when people say just be yourself and you're like, what a disaster. <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's a very strange statement or generally when people assume like, well, you should just relax and be yourself. And you're like, but I am aware that if I am being myself as I have been of late, it's not going to be the greatest outcome. I do have to be a better version of myself, which is not myself right now. And you sort of, I know there's the phrase faking it to make it. Um, and if you want to be something or, or if you want to have the results of something, you've still got to adopt the beingness first before you can have it. So I, I'm aware of those things, but sometimes it, it can be a challenge. Uh, you've just got to find tricks and ways about it. For me, the, the biggest thing I've found for low points is lack of sleep. Uh, I've tried to get to sleep less so I can be more productive, but I'm actually less productive. You've tried so to sleep less? I have to, yeah, so I can get more done, but then <laughs> it doesn't get done really. So, Sorry. So. It's just another philosophy, darling. This is why I love you. Um, yeah, okay, but if you don't get enough sleep, then maybe you're not alert enough and i'm saying stupid things like because you know all this you're a father yeah, yeah. of children as well you've got a beautiful daughter so uh, you know all this so and i'm just trying to dig into your real way of seeing this because i know there's layers yeah. going there's layers going on here with you mm, isn't definitely, there yeah. yeah 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 absolutely yeah, yeah. It's, it's not just a simple um, obvious answer yeah yeah no there never will be a simple if it was simple that'd be great i'd be sorted but um yeah i i only tried to do it because i needed to be more productive but it wasn't working other things I've tried that seem to be more productive is like if I just screw the whole nine five scenario and just like, well, I'm awake, but I don't feel like doing any work right now. I'm going to do something else that it's before I, I took an hour out. I was meant to be doing some work before. And I just thought, no, what do I actually need to do? Physically, I need the money to pay the rent and feed the body. But spiritually, I want to do something else. And mentally, I have my attention on something else which is going to be the greater good right now to just do. And I thought, oh, well, the mind and spirit are winning 2-1 here. So I'm just going to take an hour out and just listen to someone else's lecture, look at a few things and do whatever. I don't feel that much guilt for having not been that uh, physically productive today, but there are other things I've come across and seen that have opened my mind a little bit more maybe. Fantastic. And it's funny when you speak about the South, you know, they say, I'll oh, be your true self or be your mm. authentic self. There was a really brilliant discussion on this the other day. And so who is the true self? Is it the body? Is it the soul? No. To me, it's more about the soul's the true authentic self. And what does it want? What does it want to experience? Yeah. We sometimes like, you know, oh, our thoughts are ourself. Are our thoughts ourself? Probably not at all. It's probably nothing to do with it. That's probably why we're so confused. <laughs> What's our yeah. true authentic self? You know, it's our spirit. It's this um, thing that's not tangible. And the, the thing is, though, you're you're drawing an interesting line. May I may I just highlight there? You're saying the soul or our soul, like it's something you own. When you are actually the thing, you are the soul. Like the the Christian philosophy, I'm not I'm not wishing to make wrong what they say. Your soul goes to heaven. That paints the idea that you wait somewhere while your soul goes off. I think the idea would be that you go to heaven. Depends on how one defines the you, and this is what's so interesting about all these different philosophies, isn't it? And mm. uh, I, I find this fascinating. It's an open-end uh, thing for me. I could go on and on in this. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. But um, for me, the self is definitely not the body. That's just the car. That's just the vehicle. 
I have that. I agree with you on that. I don't have the tangible proof of outer body. I have mental phenomena. I don't have the outer body experience that I can go, yes, I'm here. That's the body. But I just have this hope and inclination. And I try and use a clinical logic to it all. Being the body doesn't add up. There is definitely something else to it. And what to you is intelligence? What does intelligence mean to you? What is it to you? There's several. The, the fundamental of intelligence is is calculation to survive. The true manifestation I see of intelligence is if someone can communicate to all strata of life. If you have a being that can talk to a tramp, the queen, uh, a lord, an army guy, if you have a person who can have a conversation with all those people, that is probably the most intelligent person you will meet. Yes. Whereas you find these learned scholars, they can't even talk to their classroom. That highlights to me a false intelligence because they don't they don't duplicate the other person's point of view. They don't come across or communicate. So for me, intelligence is the ability to communicate at whatever level or ability to. Of course, there's different intelligences. There's, um, you know, literary intelligence that you can go to school and you can learn. But to me, that that is in danger of always becoming a falsity because we're just given yes. so many things. It's nothing to do with what's, you know, the history. I mean, what's the point in taking history when I did? I mean, history's completely changed. You know, the 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 the, the sort of the truth tellers have come out and uh, it's completely different to what I was taught in school. So it was a waste of time for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. And I kind of knew something then, but I didn't know what it was, but something I was tapping into. So, yeah. yeah. But then there is the intelligence of, you say, like communicate survival and communication to communicate things. Um, uh, yeah. And that, that is, that's the thing that we forgot, I think. And, and I think that is now coming to the surface in these incredible times that's why there's such a huge, almost like a psychological battle out there, isn't there? There is. I think um, before, the simple philosophy is that before order, there always precedes chaos. You know, if you can't face an untidy room, then you're never going to have a tidy room because you can't face the mess. And I think you're going to see that in society. There's going to be a huge amount of disorder before we can bring order to a better level. Hopefully. Yeah, and it's also bringing people's heads out of the, uh, out of the sand because uh, um, it's yeah. so tough to look at. Yeah, you only need a small percentage to flick and then the rest sort of follow like sheep as they are very good at. So you only need a small percentage to actually make that turn and then the rest will just follow anyway. Now, James, you have said, should we sing? Hmm. <laughs> we should. And we do not have to be singers, but we should all sing. Because it's the right. lifting of the spirits, even when we don't feel like it. You know, I remember times when I had to practice singing when I didn't want to, but I knew if I didn't, I knew that I'd be in trouble when it came to the shows. So I right. learned to do something when I didn't want to. So um, I'm just wondering what you bear on that yourself, because you, there was a question mm. that you did put forward at some point. Yeah. Should I... we sing? <laughs> it's, um... Do you sing to yourself? Do you sing to yourself? No. Well, I, I joking, I jestfully sing in various uh, voices and made up stuff. Um, there are a few things that my daughter and I do. Uh, she likes it. I could, I can just sort of, I think it's scat the right word, just make up some phrases and just sing that. It sticks with her. And then uh, two months later, she'll go, do you sing that song, Dad, about that. And I'm like, what, what the hell are you on about? And she'll just like remember all these little tunes. But yeah. I think we are going to do a few. <laughs> um, but it's not singing as in beautiful pitched harmonious things that that are in harmony with other wavelengths. It's more of a 
yeah, I, I don't know what you would classify it as. I can't, I had, there has been times where I have been able to sing. Yeah. Um, but it, I, obviously singing <laughs> requires skill. It's a muscle. You need to exercise. You need to warm it up. You need to do all the various things. Um, I've probably got the, the lead man's mentality, but I don't have the voice to back it up. No, I've also heard you say mm. you would love to, in your goals, to have enjoyed life for one whole week. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be that'd be uh, uh yeah that would be fantastic just to have a look at that and go yeah that was so what's the sort of I don't know on the twenty four hour clock or even days can you put yeah. that you felt joy for how long is it we're we talking about seconds minutes days no not moments day. yeah parts of a day when people if they return home. After a great day out, and people go, wasn't that a great day? Yeah. I don't think I've had that. I oh, always really? think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or there was, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, there's never been, yeah, I don't see a perfect Hollywood moment where it's been that Disney esque birds singing. It's all, there's always something that'll piss me off. Yeah. But you know, you know those moments and times, like, you know, when we're sort of like when I'm having fun here because I'm seeing a perspective on another level and I love it, yeah. you know. And it, it's 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 nothing to do with laughing at somebody. It's to do with the joy of their... For me, I kind of get joy out of somebody perceiving something in such a way that I once did and can still do. Mm-hmm. But I get it. It's that sort of laughter. It's not... Um, I don't know how yeah, to yeah. explain that. I don't know how to explain that properly. I'm probably not putting a very good uh, thing forward here. But... Um, well, normally I, laughter is triggered by either surprise or an inability to accept the reality presented. Thank you. I think that I, that's just brilliant because that's exactly what I just did. So that's what you call an NLP moment, actually. Neuro, that's neurolinguistic programming. So you're already trained without even knowing it. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, that's just the study of words. I just, yeah. I, it's like when you think, well, what is laughter? What, what's its trigger? What, what, what? So yeah, I do get into those sort of little things. But did you have moments of joy when we were first doing this um, podcasting with Brian Rose? When people were seeing the funny side of you and you were coming forward and very quickly, very dryly putting yourself forward as a person, come on, can you re- can you reiterate to me the way you put yourself forward to all of us when you first put yourself forward about who you was, what you was and how you was? Can you, re- can you recall that? Do you recall that at all about what you said? I believe I stated that I'm a man of 27 failed career starts or something like that, two bankruptcies, um, a whole load of car crash type stuff um, whilst having a smirk on my face. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I um, yeah, I, that, that's what I, I, that's what I recall. I don't know whether that's correct, but th- th- that was an, an exit. Now yeah. you say it, yeah, it was on those lines, but you was actually just quite dryly saying, yeah, yeah, I've failed at this and yeah. I've failed at that. And it's I'm... done. It's, there's no point dwelling on it. It's gone now. I could rue it, and yeah, it's it's destroyed a lot of stuff, but it's gone. So we're in the now. What can I do going forward? That's brilliant. And is that the real point behind your show as well? You can now discuss and bring things that you can actually take um, enjoyment from knowing that you're putting them out there. Therefore, that's changing something within you, learning the new things. I. I enjoy seeing what it do, what it would do for others and knowing what it could do for others as opposed to myself. 
Um, I enjoy doing videos. What's really weird, I've, I've listened to a couple of my podcasts and I found myself laughing at what I've said. And I'm thinking, I'm, I'm not meant to be laughing. Is that a normal thing? Um, but I do amuse myself. Um, when I, rec- I love recording videos. I'm, I'm, I really want to do more of it um, because it does make me feel happy. Obviously, you could do a great video and put it out there and then know that no one's seen it. And you're like, hmm. But that's all marketing. But I do like doing the videos, and I'm quite comfortable talking to a very small, tiny piece of plastic before me. Or if there's a person there, great. As you've once quoted, do you still... um... You know my quotes, don't you? Yeah, some of them I do. (laughs) (laughs) You, You have once said, I regret the past and I dread the future. Is that still standing? Yeah. <laughs> Let's forget the regrets because that you, yeah. you kind of painted over them and you know, and um do you think you should have regrets? Do you think you can't just let them go as being the experience that enriches you to move forward? I know what all the smart people say, and they're like, Well, you should it I've the best working definition of regret I've seen is basically it's guilt towards oneself. It's the same as guilt. Guilt is what you've done to others. Regret is what you've done to yourself. It's the same sort of frequency. It's just a different direction. Um, the regret, I don't have attention on it. So regret technically doesn't really exist. However, I'm aware that if an opportunity comes before me, then I am immediately aware of the catalogue of events that have gone wrong prior so at that point, it's not a case of regret. It's a case of awareness of might not do that. I might stay away from that because it hasn't gone well in that direction before. So I'm going to pull back a bit from that, which is which I know philosophically is probably the completely wrong way to do it. However, that is the defense mechanism which we all seem to have is if you've experienced loss in an area and a continual loss in an area, you will withdraw from it and leave it alone. And that's probably how I've operated find another way to go around the stone so to speak yeah find yeah or path. find a win in something yeah win at something else and then take the win from that now i know it's really important for you to see your daughter succeed isn't it so um yeah. so what do, how old is your daughter she's still a very young girl at the moment she's 11 she's 11 About years old high she's, school she's yeah. got a way to go yet then does she know what she wants to do um it it's changed a little bit but she can do what she wants I believe that if you can't change, I've heard the complaint or accusation made at people of, oh, you're always changing your mind. Well, you have to, to learn, because if you don't change your mind, you're never going to learn anything. So she has carte blanche on changing. I, I, I'm fine with that. But predominantly, she wants to be a fashion designer. So I think she wants to do children's clothes. Yeah. So I don't know if she's moving to China to make stuff for Primark. I don't know. but um, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So now you say she's 11. Now, what about if you could go back to tell your mm. 11-year-old self any Jeez, message? Would I have enough time? Yeah, it would be a message of <laughs> story. If you, could be... choose, yeah, if you could choose anything, what would you tell him? Can you even give it a little, a little oh, bit of a... Bloody hell. That, that's... Only use credit <laughs> on an investment that's going to make a return. Don't <laughs> use credit on things that are not an investment. Right, and I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at myself, by the way, because uh, I didn't get all that stuff when I was. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That, that's what I would say is first and fundamentally. Only if you're going to use credit, use it in a means which is going to make a return, a quick return, and a profitable return. 
don't use it for stuff that isn't because you end up chasing your tail and the cycle you pull in not just the debt itself not just the the burden to someone else or another entity but it puts you at that wavelength that pulls in more debt it, it there's something that starts off going really bad and i was at a point in my life five or six years ago where i got it perfectly right i was using small debt to buy stock sell stock pay debt and the debt was the extended to me was getting bigger and bigger but then i started using it for other things and it ruined everything and i had the potentiality to do a lot of great things at that point and i screwed it up and that's annoying so that's one thing i would say also don't let others convince you if if you not just rationally, but if there's something emotionally within you that disagrees with what's being presented to you, it doesn't tally up, just go with that. It's not gut. There's, there's, a, there's a word that some for some reason humans haven't quite defined it clearly. It's between mind and gut. There's a, if, if that doesn't align with your purpose, don't do it. So right now, what would you say? Um, what would you say makes you feel safe? money (laughs) Um, um, safe that is what i would tie in as a synonym to confidence it's a security in self so if i've got skills that if everything was taken away from me tomorrow as in physically what i skills i have within myself like can i go out and hunt an animal and eat it could i grow veg could i make my own clothing could i do that that's what i see as safe it's it's what i have within that I could go and put to use that's sort of the confidence. Um, a great example I've seen, I don't, have you been watching? I don't know whether you do. It's, it's a long shot question here. There's a TV series just out called Undercover Billionaire uh, with Grant Cardone. Yeah, on Discovery Channel. I've heard of it. The, the, the mission being that a billionaire is sent off into an area with nothing but $100, an old car and a phone with no contacts. He's gone out with this mission and he's... He's made something out of nothing because he's already got the skills and what he's learned. And he's proving to others, this is what you do. And if you've got nothing, you can still make something out of nothing. And it is a profoundly fascinating program to watch. You know, as a guy arrives in a $60 million plane at this middle of nowhere place, they dump him off and off he goes. He doesn't even know where he's going that night, but he gets a home. He finds somebody, he gets food. That is a profound, that's confidence. And if you, that's the skills we should have. It's not like, oh, okay, well, I know Pythagoras rule. Uh, <laughs> I know how to spell blah, blah, and how, how many vowels are in there. That's not going to keep you alive. Um, so that would be safety. So, yeah, that would be, for me, what would keep me safe. So if this house fell down tonight, would I keep warm? Well, I know how to get into my car. So, Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. There you go. Uh, what scares you shitless? Um, dying without preparation. I'm not scared of death, but I don't want other people to be burdened with the problems of sorting my shit out. Secondly, um, having no influence on my daughter's future in a positive way in regards to assisting or choosing, or if she, if she was taken into care, I think that's most parents nightmare, isn't it? Where you have no power or comeback on that, that which is going on around the world a lot. It's a horrible thing to occur. So that scares me a lot. 
her going to high school scares me a lot because I know how horrible it was when I went to high school. Um, I, th- I think it's a, a grotesque environment. I can't, but that's probably my point of view. Many others go, oh, high school is great and it's a fun time for life. It probably is, uh, depending on the experience. Yeah, indeed. And uh, what's the best day of your life so far? <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming at you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Best days of my do you know, the one that keeps coming back to me is like winning on the horse races. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> uh, on an accumulator, just like having a hunch about something. Um, this is how the mechanisms of my life keep firing back at me in some sort of weird negative karma. I got a horse racing tipster one time. and This was back in the days before the internet. You had to phone him up and he'd give three tips on a Saturday. And they, they were quite good. He was like two winners, sometimes three, often one winner out of three. I found another guy that did similar tips, and he was on a Saturday, and he did three. I was like, oh, he's good. So I put, why not put the two together? So it was like six selections on a Saturday. And it worked out to be ridiculous. I went through all their history, and they were it was ridiculous. I was like, right, yeah. I'm back in that. Yeah. Now, week two of that, I backed it. It was just like... 20 odd bets out of whatever and the 10 pound was only three out of the five horses one but i won like 200 odd quid so it was like yeah this is gonna be great and then i had to move house suddenly and i lost the phone numbers <gasps> never found them again oh gosh i have searched relentlessly for those guys oh, that, oh. and i was that was that was that was my life that was that summed it up i was like that's yeah Oh, gosh. <laughs> that's, oh that's gosh. All right. You know, what can we say? I suppose the next question to quickly overcome that is to say, what's your favourite colour? <laughs> blue. Electric blue. blue. Electric Although blue. I do like gold in some, like, if I was to have a car, well, I do have a car. Um, exotic, I tell you what, uh, look up the colour viola, uh, Lamborghini viola. Uh, yeah, Lamborghini viola. That purple metallic is utterly beautiful. It's a bit like your background. I've seen it in one of your colours. Yeah, the... Yes. Is there a, are they a pair of trousers behind you hanging? They are. That... They're, they're, it's kind of... I've got I've got these mannequins, like, in yeah, different yeah. phases. Yeah, that's well, it. it is like and, that purple. And I've got a purple hue because I've got lights on the floor. I've got some lights on the floor that's yeah, right, yeah. almost semi-working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it is like that purple. It's, it's a yeah. beautiful colour. Yeah. See, that's the thing that makes me happy, just yeah. seeing beautiful cars. Isn't that lovely? Weird, weird, weird materialistic thing. Oh, actually, you, you say about what makes me happy. Speeding makes me happy. I love speeding. Yeah. So I'm sure you're doing that on wide open roads. And uh, I'd like to go back to music. And if I was to say to Paul, okay. you know, if you're going to go off into a desert island, who would you take on holiday with you and why? And what music would come if you had three, let's say, say you had three albums to choose from. So first of all, you're going to go on a holiday. Yeah. And who are you going to take with you? Oh, I don't know whether I want to, torture them or not because that's quite cruel of me to take someone with me um oh gosh i honestly don't know do they have to be alive not as a corpse but as in as in when they were at their peak and when they were alive well we can change it just for you if you like if it's a desert (laughs) island i suppose i should take someone who's really good who's really good at surviving uh maybe bear grills i don't know although i can't breed with him (laughs) yeah Um, yeah indeed Oh, I, I don't know. It would have to be a lady that's got survival skills that could train me, but I don't know who. And what about your daughter? Would you take your daughter with you? 
No, because she'd miss everyone else. Yeah. Oh, okay, darling. And yeah. um, okay, so you t- and you said why you take Bear Grylls if you took him. So yeah. what albums would you be taking? What three albums would you be taking with you? I could cheat and take one of those like long Decca 100 track albums, couldn't I? That you get for like seventy odd dollars for. <laughs> um, top of my head, the albums of influence that. I think are the most important for me. Pretty Hate Machine were by Nine Inch Nails, their first okay, album. Okay, yeah, that was epic in every way. I listened. To it, I was slightly shocked. I listened to it the other day. I hadn't listened to it for a couple of months and noticed it was released in nineteen eighty eight or eighty nine. I was like, "Holy crap, that's thirty years old," um, <laughs> and it still sounds epic. Um, I love that album. So that'll be one of them. I'm getting a temptation towards Iron Maiden's Live After Death, yeah. uh, where they performed at Hammersmith and LA uh, Beach, Long Beach. Yeah. Because um, they, they were profound. That made me buy a bass guitar. That made me buy lots of heavy metal guitars. Yeah. Um, and the fact that it's a double album, so it's got a lot of those tracks on it. Yeah. Ooh, what would be the next one? Mm. God, that's it. That's, uh... Do you know what? My snap answer right now is I'm going to go with something I had. One of my first albums on cassette was Frankie Goes to Hollywood, Welcome to the Pleasure Dome. Yeah. When I heard my Auntie Joan playing Relax, that bass line, that PPG, PPG wave synthesizer, it was, um, I was like, what the hell is that? I was only a little kid, but she kept playing the out, that track again. And I was like, that sounds amazing. There was... It was also, because uh, that's Trevor Horn's ZTT Records, that was the most expensive single ever recorded at the time. Really? Oh, thank you for yeah. that. Yeah, you've heard yeah, it. Yeah, the, the cost of that production was neon, I believe, close to a million, which is obscure for a band that were new. The Yeah, the, the sheer cost of just making that record, because it took so long and so much trickery, etc. cetera. Uh, yeah, a very expensive record. So that that's a great that's a great one. You'll be you definitely get into the point where you probably even start to dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that yeah. Um, I I to be honest, off that album, I actually like Pleasure Dome, the thirteen minute, the full version of it, because that is just a, a fantastic piece of work. Well, that's very progressive of you. You see, because all pro- progressive songs are all very long and lengthy, longer versions. So yeah, yeah that's what people wanted. But. I would. I was just turned it on before, and I was doing an edit on something, but it was in the background on YouTube. Most of your listeners probably aren't into like club trance stuff, but Alman Van Buren is a DJ who's very well paid and very successful. He does some some mixes, or as you would call discos, uh, <laughs> that go on for about five hours in length. Wow! But the hype when people travel around the world to see one of his yeah. shows. The emotional buildup is great because when you when he drops when he starts off with one or two of the tracks, the emotion you see in people's eyes and the excitement that's resonating out of their body during those as it starts and even throughout the whole thing, I'd probably take one of those because the emotional content within that, even though it's techno or it's it's synthetic, blah blah blah, whatever occurs, a lot of sample they do sample. Mm-hmm. Indians, yeah. cultural things, they are used. There is an emotional way. I'd probably take one of those yeah. as well because that's just... That's, um, your, that's your bonus. <laughs> yeah, great. It, it isn't just... Yeah, it isn't yeah. just force the floor, yeah. cheesy, bang, bang. There is a lot of work that goes in some of those tracks that are 
profoundly great. Yeah. And um, can you ever see yourself uh, looking and going back into engineering, musical engineering at all as in a music studio? Only for myself. Uh, but although then again, I would never say no to having a go at producing a band. I loved working with, out of all the genres, I don't listen to it myself, but I loved working with punk bands because they're so they're so A to B. They turn up, they do it, and they go. But the energy and the, yeah, just the energy and the rawness of it, I loved it. It's like, like I like Nirvana's album. That sort of stuff was just beautiful. Um, but I, there's another album I'd want to take, like the Foo Fighters. That's just incredible. I've forgotten ACDC. I could take a live album of ACDC. That's just like, I loved their uh, Argentina concert. That was amazing. I've always wanted to see them and then they were about to go on tour and then there was this thing, but I was in Fort Lauderdale the time they were there many years ago and I bitterly disappointed myself for not taking the opportunity to go because I've always wanted, because they're, the they're the biggest band I've not seen yet and I would love that. Just to be deafened by it all, just to, it's the feeling of it, isn't it? It's that... Just Angus Young is just one man, but with the attention of 80,000 beings yeah. upon him is just... Yeah, yeah. Incredible, absolutely. yeah. It's, it's incredible. Um, okay, so if, who's your favourite singer of all time? You know what? I'm going to have to sound like I'm a cop-out here, but it's Lady Gaga. Yeah, cool. No, that's not a cop-out. Why is that a cop-out? That's who you like. <laughs> she is. I think... Be, yeah, but it, it doesn't sound like a prog rock or type thing. It's... She can, she is considered as being pop, but if you listen to her vocal range and the song she does, and just like she did the Winter Olympics when she did the opening song for the Russian Winter Olympics, whatever it was, she did, uh, oh, uh, ooh, John Lennon song, Imagine. Yeah. 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 Amazing performance. And the sound of music when she did Julie Andrews thing at the Oscars. I think yeah. it was the Oscars she did for Julie yeah, Andrews. You can't, you can't fault her as a performer. She is... Yeah, she's an artist. She's definitely a performer, just quite incredible yeah. at performance. My concern with her is that she's sort of nobbled and she's sort of, she's prime Illuminati type. Yeah. That, that's my worry. It's yeah. like what message is being conveyed. She is a great performer, a singer, but... I recognise that, what you're saying. She is a great performer, she's a great singer, but there's Illuminati there that um, I kind of go yeah. a little bit there. And, uh, you know, that's just, yeah. They have these being this certain performers, they have a beingness that's bigger than their body, as it were. And I, I can understand why she has the physical conditions and problems she deals with, because she probably has that much energy passing through such a small body. It probably does have an effect. Five foot one or five foot two, yeah. But it's the, the amount of energy that she puts into it. I wouldn't be surprised that that's why she has, is it fibromyalgia and those sort of things with Yes. Oh, does she? Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Yeah, because the body's, body's overworked, you mean? It's overworked. Yeah, that's why, like, the tour was cancelled. I saw the last gig and then the London lot was cancelled because of fibromyalgia. She's basically in agony all the time. But um, this has been an absolute thrill and it's been lovely. It's been completely different um, having a chat with you, James, to my other show. So I hope this will bring some really lovely, light and refreshing differences, differences in, you know. And I wish, <laughs> yeah. I, wish I had visuals at the uh, moment because if they could see you with your tree of light behind you and your wonderful bookcases. <laughs> Twinkling away, it's, it's, yeah. it's actually a lovely visual. So just visualise, guys, you know. You're looking, 
Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, a really real background. background. It's real. And it's, um, <laughs> so it's not green screen or anything like yeah. that. And uh, James has got these wonderful bookcases oh. and he's got what you might call a, a Christmas tree, but it's not as a tree of light because it, it, he has it up all year round. <laughs> and uh, it's a wonderful reminder of yeah. light <laughs> and light is of um, the, the great stuff. So uh, that's that's just great to see. So yeah. um, have you got any little message you would like to give as Father Finney um, out there to fans of Fa- Father Finney or anybody that's new that's listening to you for the first time? that could come across to Father Finney's podcast. What message would you give to those people? Uh, well, first of all, I would apologise if I've uh, offended you or disappointed you and you've tuned in to think, I need a bit of quo or I need a bit of whatever, and it hasn't been present because that Finney's been gassing away. No apologies so I apologise about that. <laughs> um, what, what, do I, what do I offer? Or like, I, I have gratitude for any, when people listen or, or give appraisal or, or give attention to, to what I do. I'm not doing it for the purpose of pushing myself on the front of ego. I'm putting myself out there to push a purpose or a message as opposed to myself. And I'm, and I'm of the hope and belief maybe that other things will follow that action that I do. So that's why I'm doing it. I'm, I'm not there for making the big bucks. That'd be nice. But I believe that that's a follow on to actually helping others in the first place. So I just want to help and inspire if I sound like a miserable git, well, at least it makes your life better. So that's how I do it. <laughs> On that note, James, that's a beautiful place to end this wonderful little chat with you. I want to thank you so much for coming on and giving your time to Tracy's Prog World. So for all of you wonderful listeners out there, don't forget, go check James Finney out. Um, his podcast show is Father Finney. Uh, Father Finney's the best that man can get it was the best a man can get but i'm changing the title because i want to expand on our species so it's going to be the best that man can get if you just google father finney it brings up all the usual suspects of apple spotify etc and fatherfinney.com is live well yes there's a lot of animation silliness going on there as well yeah. so yeah well, thank you very much for that, James. And guys, I just really hope you have enjoyed this as I have. And, um, you know, don't forget, I know we know that there's tough times out there and just take care of each other. Look after each other, love each other. That's the main thing. Here's James saying goodbye to you now. Au revoir. Au revoir, monsieur. <laughs> and au revoir at the one time. You know, au revoir means we'll meet again. So that's the great thing about this. So thank you once again. I do appreciate you. are very much appreciated out there for coming on and supporting. Lots of love to you. It's over and out from Tracy's Prog World.